Hey guys, it is time for another edition of Happy Sad Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to my podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. If you're a returning regular, I love you dearly, and I hope to continue to earn your solemn trust. This week's episode is another one that uh, is delighting me, and especially uh, 12-year-old me. Um, I can't believe uh, I got a chance to talk to Michael Keaton. Um, this guy is so beloved by so many people in my generation, and for good reason. Um, you know, if you're comparable age to me, you probably worshipped him in those Ron Howard comedies, uh, you know, Night Shift, Mis- Mr. Mom, that wasn't Ron Howard, but uh, Sam Era, Johnny Dangerously, uh, Gung Ho, uh, this is off the top of my head. I mean, and then you go into, of course, the next iteration of his career, which blew all of our minds, 1989, I will never forget it. I, uh, I might have skipped school, yeah. 13-year-old Josh might have skipped school to go on opening day to see Batman, and uh, it is not a regret at all. I went to school a lot. I went to school plenty. Batman only opens once. Um, he has had such an amazing career, certainly ups and downs like any actor, and he is clearly enjoying it up right now if you or living in a hole or a cave or other dwelling that doesn't get uh, the internet or access to movies, you may not know that he's starring in Birdman, which the rest of us know is a phenomenal piece of work. It is truly my favorite movie of the year. It's been a great year. Last year was a great year in films, but Birdman um, was just a delight. I've seen it a few times, and uh, I think Michael could be considered the Oscar frontrunner for Best Actor. He's certainly up there. He's certainly going to get a nomination. It's so exciting to see his career back on the upswing and him getting to um, you know, really sink his teeth into cool roles. This conversation is so fantastic. Um, you know, I'm taking myself out of the equation. I, I was just sitting there with him. He and I went down memory lane and, and talked a lot about his beginnings, whether you know it or not. Michael actually started as a stand-up comic. Uh, his career kind of paralleled David Letterman, who they've maintained a great relationship. We talk about that a bunch. We got to talk about Beetlejuice and Batman and, and, and all those early comedies and, and a little bit, of course, about Birdman too. I only regret we didn't have more time, but. This is truly one of my favorite episodes of Happy Sad Confused ever. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're like me, uh, you're a total Michael Keaton geek. So uh, enjoy the next 35 minutes or so of Michael Keaton goodness. Uh, one a reminder before we get into the show, of course, as always, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Let me know who you want to hear on the podcast, what you're loving, what you're digging, and go over to the wolfpop.com site, go to the forums, and... Uh, and just chit-chat amongst yourselves. And with me, I check them out over there. Um, but in the meanwhile, here is the awesome Michael Keaton. The first thing you're going to hear is Michael, of course, playing with the Birdman action figure on my desk. And uh, wackiness ensues. Enjoy. Okay, so for those, this is a good way to start the podcast. Michael Keenan has just destroyed my Birdman action figure. Sorry. <laughs> Michael, so sorry. how I'm could so you? Sorry. What does that Let say about you that you I are know. murdering yourself? I, oh, don't read too much into it. 
<laughs> Don't worry, that falls off all the time. But I'm more concerned that, oh, the, that, you're that, the, that the audio does not. Yeah, me too. Let's try it again. Well, it doesn't matter because I've got the real thing now. here. You can do it right. at will. Well, yeah. <laughs> and if Will were here, I would do it, Adam. Do you, uh, <laughs> do you, uh, do you have a, 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 I do. a dozen of those? I didn't know there were that many floating around. I, I, this probably breaks your heart a little bit, but Peter Travers has one, too. So sorry. Why did you have to, like, really the first thing to start I mean, off with? I know it wasn't the first thing. First thing is I broke it. <laughs> <laughs> By the end, you're going to be literally stabbing me in the heart. Yeah. I'm going to take these scissors away. <laughs> um, as I said, it's always good to see you, man. It's, it's been fun to get a chance to talk to you a couple times over the last couple months about um, what it's, – it's my favorite movie of the year. It's an amazing – It's amazing. It's an it? amazing piece of – I know. It's so easy for me to say that because just remove me from the equation and I just look at this movie and think – this is the kind of movie that, that uh, well, I just think that it's, I just enjoy it. I just say, this is not like anything I've ever seen uh, ever before. And I was telling someone, this is the kind of movie that when I was in college, I would have been right in my strikes. Oh, and man. I said, man, I can't wait to get there. That's that's what I, you know, by that time, you know, or, or even like teenagers are really responding to this. I'm, I'm sure I would have the poster on my wall at college. Really? Totally. Would, yeah, me too. In college, I would have gone, Oh yeah, I, I got to see this. Cause yeah. it, cause it, 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 it <coughs> this can be a pejorative too, but it could be like, uh, it's the cool movie to like too, because it's got, there's so much in there to like, and I was talking to Edward about this last night too. You, it's subject to interpretations. The ending obviously mm-hmm. leaves it open to endless debate. Yeah. Um, what, do, you, do you have like what's your take on, on the ending do you have a take on it do you not talk about it like what do you I like the not I like I like the ambiguity of it not just in the film that it's ambiguous uh, I like it I like my own <laughs> ambiguity about it I, I mean yes I do kind of have my general take on it but I like the idea that I'm willing to leave it open that in a month or maybe 20 minutes from now I'll go, well, you know what? I want to rethink that. Yeah. You know, I mean, why not? Why yeah. not have, have, you know, that kind of, uh, uh, kind of free, kind of free space, you know? Yeah. Those are the best ones. I mean, I literally was seeing online yesterday, um, like a fight club, another movie like in that vein where you can reinterpret it. Someone had a new theory about like Helena Bonham Carter's character doesn't exist either. That's also in his head. And it's like, Oh, 15 years on, we're still dissecting yeah. it and finding new stuff to get out yeah. of it. Which fight is, club was good. Wasn't it? Such a good one. I know people, it didn't kind of, it didn't click at the time, but yeah. Yeah. But people, Edward and I were talking about that actually. You know, it's the kind of thing where you think, well, that wasn't successful. And you go, no, it was actually really successful. In terms of in the important stuff, it actually yeah. like fifty years from now they're going to be talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really dug that. Do you have Do you have ones like that when you look in your own career that didn't like where you afterwards are like again I I love this film. This works for me. This feels right. And for whatever reason, it didn't click with an audience. Um, paper holds up. Paper did okay. Yeah, f- you know, financially it did okay. Didn't break any records, but it's all right. But 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 it's it's. People still talk about it. it. It's weirdly kind of gotten more respect as the as the time's gone on. I think uh, Multiplicity too mm-hmm. did okay, uh, but you know you'll be walking down the street, literally in Europe, and there are people who really years ago people started really responding to Multiplicity, and there's a whole new group of of kids. These two young kids I know, she's 14 now, and he's 12 now, I think, or 11. Mm. Uh, they totally dig it. They're so into it. I'm going to get some water. Oh, sure. No worries. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the, uh, the paper hit me 
at like precisely the right time. I was like this like freak, and I think you might be a, a good freak in the same way because I've noticed on your Instagram, you're, you, you and I might be the last people that get print subscriptions to newspapers that actually get the physical newspaper. I, I was just talking about this. I love newspapers. Right? I, I love them. I, I don't. I'm never. I, can't, get I will never let go of it. Me either. That's so nice <laughs> to hear from somebody your age because. I hope they're still around. I don't know what it is about them. I like I like having a physical thing to look and fold and then pick it up again later. And uh, but you're right. I do use it as a you know as my as a kind of a bit of a. Uh, it, might, it may be obnoxious. I don't know how people no, are thinking about it. But. Well, the thing about newspapers that I find one of many things I love is – What you were saying was I use it as a kind of – occasionally as kind of like uh, – what do you Point call out it? a uh, – Yes. Something going as on a, that you uh, have a uh, – <laughs> uh, Soapbox. Right. right. Yeah. I hope I'm not too soapboxy. But, I don't uh, think so. Hitting yeah. the right level of soapboxiness. Um, yeah. But you know, we're, we're in this culture now where like, we like, curate our own news. By the way, and, pardon me. I hate to keep interrupting. There's okay. a great one today I took and I haven't – Maybe I won't. I'll show it to you. In oh, yeah. Okay, cool. In fact, I should do this. I should. This is one where you get to, like, fill in your own. It's. I can't tell if Boehner's trying to stick his tongue in Nancy Pelosi's ear. Or, <laughs> no. or, this is a caption this. This is like, yeah. let's figure out the best possible yeah, caption. Yeah, I think maybe we ought to do this. Maybe we ought to just let everybody fill in their own. Look, look. He also looks like he, he also looks kind of like he's trying to keep her busy while he can smack her over the head with that mallet. He does. He does like, don't mind me, Miss <laughs> Pelosi, while yeah. I whack your head off. And do you think she she doesn't? With she's that not into it. She ain't into it. She's not into yeah, it. Yeah, I know. And I'm, maybe it should just be makeout session, right? Um, true love uh, at last. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you think it started with her going like this, and then she went, "Just give me exactly." The, and then she he gave was going the for the cheap. lips, definitely. Yeah. Oh, he was going in for the lips for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, always um, been into politics? Is that how you were raised in terms of just- You know, we always – and and my son Sean is pretty, you know uh, – he'll still occasionally read a newspaper, but mostly, you know, he's you know he's 30-year-old dude, 31-year-old yeah. dude. And he will watch, uh, you know, mostly online stuff uh, and NPR yeah. you know, while, he's, while he's working at home. He's a songwriter, a very good songwriter, and, he, and he'll have NPR in the back. So, so he does do that. He's done as much newspaper. So he got, inherited that from his mom and me, and we got it from our families. And in my house, it was mostly local stuff, you know, township stuff, yeah. uh, borough stuff, Pittsburgh stuff, but not that would be. But and it, and and then national stuff, you know, like when Jack Kennedy w- w- was a big deal that he was elected president because he was catholic uh, and my mother was catholic and my father was a protestant and when they got married i'm the youngest of many kids so so my parents were always you know they were older than most of my friends right. parents and so they you know my frame of reference was kind of wider than a lot of my friends which i always thought was kind of cool and when my mother married my father that was who was a protestant that was kind of a big deal i mean it's so insane, you know. It's so all of it is so insane. Like the story, the Alan Turing is that his name? Yeah, the, Alan uh, Turing. Yeah. When you read about what they did, it feels like that should be three thousand years ago, and it's fifty yes, years ago. It's fifty years ago, <laughs> and it literally is like a science fiction movie. Yeah. We're going to give you a drug to stop what you naturally are. We're going to or kill you. It's so fucking crazy. Yeah. So anyway, in my but house, also inspiring in a weird way that like we're living in a time like like. Every time's like this where there's like a shift happening and like, you know, within five or ten years already right now, it's going to look like absurd that we were banning gay marriage. Yes. Like it's like, like really? Like, like our child, my children are going to be like, 
Dad, yeah. you were your generation was fucking insane. You're not kidding. Like, and you know, I'm of a generation where you know, and I was active. Uh, you know, I was a war protester, and you know, but the environment in the in the late six, late sixties, early seventies, uh, there was already a movement. But the seventies, people don't realize, was a really strong environmental movement, sure, and, and women's. Uh, movement and uh, uh, um, equal rights movement, uh, you know, and black uh, uh, causes, and uh, you know, that was that's where I kind of uh, come from. So yeah. even I, and even then, g- g- my generation, or at least my friends, or like-minded, wasn't as good as it is now, but. In terms of people being gay, that was not really that big a deal. Your generation, it's like, you must think it's insane. It must seem so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. People love who they love. I mean, who yeah. cares? Yeah, you know, it's almost are. impossible to comprehend for yeah, yeah. many of us, thankfully. Yeah. Um, let's talk about stuff that's almost as important your your career as political. Oh, that's much more, much more important. Right? <laughs> let's get our priorities straight, Michael. Come on, dude. Um, so I want to go back a little bit because um, – well, one thing I'm, I'm kind of saddened about, like, I, f- I grew up loving, for instance, your appearances on Letterman. And you might, like, this might be it. Letterman's going I away. I know, I know. I'm not going to be too happy. I, uh, I know. I, I can't wait to go again because I think we're already booked. And I thought, wait, I need a couple more, I think. Uh, <laughs> you know, what's in. funny is we, I have a stock, a small stockpile of, you know how it works. They you do a pre-interview and they say, yeah. "Hey, here's some things we're thinking to talk about." Or he wants to know about this. Or what do you want to talk about? Or you, or here's some things we think are funny. And you and you and then he and I, especially over the last maybe five appearances or more, we never even get to them. Right. We never get to my thing. We'll mention one thing, and then he's been so great about, especially Birdman, which he genuinely loves. But you know, promoting the movie I directed, he was really wonderful mm-hmm. about that because he genuinely liked it and. But we never get to a lot of stuff, so I've got this little backlog of, of things. I'm thinking, well, <laughs> Stories you've been saving just for days. Yeah, yeah, let's just go jam a couple more in. But uh, that it's as, probably as good as anything in my or enjoy, as enjoyable and it will of the of all the great memories. This is way, way, way up there. This will be one of the things that I'll, that I'll miss the most, yeah. I think. When did you guys meet? Like, were you on, like, obviously, one of your beings was on stand, doing stand-up. Was yeah. he doing stand-up at the same time? Did yes. you guys know each other then? Yeah, we kind of hit town roughly at the same time, I think. I can't remember. He may know better than I. Um, I was just talking to Brokaw about this, and I remember the house, because occasionally, he's as notoriously not the most social guy in right. the world, uh, but we would go out and would uh, hits a tennis ball around, or there was a playground, uh, school playground near his house, I think, and we'd go shoot ball, you know, play basketball, and just shoot around, goof around, talk, and then we'd see each other at different places. He he kind of did stand up longer than I did, I think, uh, <clears throat> and then he immediately started getting television shows, and then we were sh- briefly on a television show together um, uh, in L.A. <clears throat> that didn't last. Um, what was the show? It was actually with Mary Tyler Moore. Okay. She, they created <laughs> the oddest thing. They thought, well, we can get because it, it, it had very funny, very witty writers on, on it. Uh, in fact, Meryl Marco, who was Dave's girlfriend at the time, was really a funny writer and uh, uh, <clears throat> writer slash actress named Judy Kahn uh, was very funny and it, it was a really talented group. Susie Kurtz, yep, and uh, uh, Dick <laughs> Sean, and so they so they thought, well, let's get kind of like. Uh, without being too judgmental here, 
hipper people than Mary had been working with and see if that works. And it just didn't, it's not like we were dumbing down. That sounds way too pretentious, but we were all kind of doing things that we wouldn't normally be doing to yep. fit into a network yep. kind of thing with her. But she was wonderful. She's a really nice woman and, and game for everything. But, you know, there were certain things that we thought were funny that would never, they were never going to put on, you know. I mean, it's funny to look at your career. I mean, you look at the stand-up and you, you did a lot of TV. And your first film, I mean, Night Shift really, you were, what, 30, 31, right? Something around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, a little, let's see. I was a pretty young dad. I think I had Sean when I was 30 or something, 31, somewhere around there. And I had him right around uh, Johnny Dangerously, I think. Or so maybe like before. late 20s then. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, but, but was... Was stand-up a way to get to acting and a way to and, and TV a way to get to film, or was it a little bit more haphazard of sort of where you ended up? It was kind of that, but it wasn't. You couldn't. You didn't have the luxury, of, you know, strategizing or planning. Here's anything. my grand plan. Yeah. Watch it happen. Watch yeah. it unfold. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's a sure way to make it not happen. Right. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, it kind of did go like that. But but uh, you know, I was. Getting ready to move to New York because I was, I would do a play while I was working during the day because I was, had gotten really interested in acting. But simultaneously, I was just such a huge comedy fan and all my friends were really funny, or a lot of my friends were really funny. And a lot of my friends thought we, the guys who were funny and the women who were, girls who were funny, uh, I thought we were funny. So, so I, I, dug, I just dug the world and I really started reading The Lampoon a lot and, and I, um, and I started writing, uh, comedy and I didn't really know what I was writing. I just started writing things that were funny. And, um, while I was, you know, thinking, I think I might want to be an actor, I was also starting to write comedy because that was my favorite thing. And I was, I started to do stand up simultaneously. So I was moving to New York. And at the last minute, really, a guy said, you got to come out to California, try that. And I, I never thought I'd stay in Los Angeles. I thought, ultimately, I'll come here in New York, you know, and do what I set out to do. But uh, I was, first of all, I had a stage every night, just go do stand-up. And then I was really dedicated to that solidly for about a year and a half, which is nothing. That's right. That's a second, you know, in terms of how hard it is to really build a real career. I don't know if you've read that. I just saw Chris Rock last night. Chris Rock is like ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous. Smartest guy in the room. Like and that's always. what I said to him the first time I met him. I, I met him when he was really young and I'd seen him and stuff. I said, man, you're really funny. I said, but more than funny, you're really smart. Yeah. And he's so unbelievably uh, uh, generous and, and complimentary because he had seen my stand up when he was a young kid and he's an enorm he was an enormous fan of my stuff which and this wow. anything that ever got on te television was never really very good cuz back then the things i did you really they didn't really fit and and i was just so so i was just getting pretty good you know and i was and i was had you know a lot of respect and but not like these guys who were there are so many good stand ups around now and 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 a, putting a real year and a half or two years into it is nothing right. that is nothing you're not even getting started to really Building what you need to build, and how long it takes to build and create something. I, I, I always, there's always going to be like a little piece of me in there because I know how hard it is. And when you see these guys who are so great, you know, Louis C.K. Yeah. and uh, this kid I heard the other night, man, this guy I heard the other night, man, I can never, I'll find his name. He's a Chicago guy. I think this dude is fucking. 
happened. Well, it's it's crazy to think um, though that also like you say a year and a half, but you know Chris is remembering you, and you were obviously getting people were liking your stuff. And just last night it was embarrassing. Was saying to Bradley Cooper, he's going on, and I thought this. I actually don't know how many ways to say thank you. It's kind of like you want him to stop, but 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 it is really hard what they do, and when you they people don't know, they think it's. Well, they're really funny guys, and they get, it's really difficult what what the, the, what the great guys have to definitely. do to get to that point. I, I, I'm curious. Okay, so like, okay, so in the career path, the night shift, you look at the first. Like, oh, sorry, I didn't answer. Oh, that. it's all so, good. So it kind of went like that, yeah. But yeah, there yeah. wasn't a plan like that, you know, because I was also taking acting class in L.A. and right. thinking, I don't know, something's got to happen here, one way or another. But the beauty of doing stand up, and the and the smartest thing I ever did, <clears throat> without knowing it was smart at the time, was. Well, I guess I kind of knew that it was, you don't have to sit around and think somebody's going to hire you for something. Because once you get by getting asked, you know, you do, you know, you do a, um, you know, open mic, you know, you sign up and hope, you know, you get some lousy spot and then you hopefully get asked back. Once you get past that and you get asked back, which happened actually one of my first times here at Catch a Rising Star, literally one of the first times I got on a stage in New York, um, I'd come do the improv and do that. And so I thought, oh, I maybe could do this. Once you get by that, every night, if you want to, you have a place to get up on a stage. And you, and, you, and since mine wasn't joke, 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 it was right. more, I don't know what it was really. It was, I had a place to go, I had a stage every night. So I wasn't sitting around, if I wanted to, and I, I wasn't as ambitious as a lot of these guys were, but you had a place to be up on a stage yeah. which is huge to, people don't think of I mean that's like I, I've talked to many actors I've talked like you need people to pay you and to pay for the production to actually do your thing or otherwise I, you're sitting on your ass totally <laughs> and you know the good thing about a lot of I was talking to this young guy the other day and he was telling me I said oh, well how's it going man he's an actor he says oh you know pretty good but he said I got this thing and he's doing some kind of like I don't know a little web series it's not even a I don't even think it's even a popular web series but I thought man I said, you know, it's hard. You just got to keep doing it. But I thought in a lot of ways now, I don't know that it's easier, but you at least can go yep. do something, which is kind of great for everybody. You can get, you know, it's as almost it's as legitimate as anything. You know, it's a. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was, the, was the first like slew of movies in the wake of, of Night Shift? Because I would think that you're talking about being like a comedy guy, a guy that truly appreciated the stand up and, and comedy first and foremost. It must have been like a, an amazing gas for you to be in those films which some hit bigger than others but like Mr. Mom and, mm -hmm. and, and Gung Ho and Johnny Dangerously which I don't yeah. even know how well it did at the time but like I remember yeah. just like wearing out my VHS <laughs> at the know. time like, and some of that stuff still holds up oh my god know. quotable Johnny, beyond belief yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. we're um, going but we, we, we're but, going legit <laughs> we're going legit I was thinking this the other day I did it in my head we're going legit what? legit why? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, so brilliant. <laughs> it's so a fine great. line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hey, was tell us we're doing pretty well. <laughs> How many hats do you have? Upwards of a thousand, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfectly content for you to do all of Johnny Dangerously all the way through. Upwards of a thousand. Such a fucking hip line. <laughs> but is that is that was that a thrilling time to sort of get to be able to be on that larger stage and to just do the silliest, craziest shit? You know, man, I'm starting to think I didn't I was having so much fun and I don't think I was even now I don't think I even appreciated how much fun it was because I miss it a lot and 
even some of the comedies within them, they go, you know, they, I know I got better comedy in me, and I, and I know there's other people out there that I haven't gotten to be around yet. Uh, to me, Albert Brooks was it. When I, I mean, I mean, he, he was, I'm with you. he was, it <laughs> and, you know, and Jonathan Winters and Pryor and, and so many of these guys, but back then, and, and I never even got to like, to that part of the, to do that kind of stuff or do it with him or, or, so, so while I'm proud of a lot of the comedy that I did, and I'm grateful and it's fun that guys like you dig it, I don't think that even got to where it was. And I look back and I go, man, I, 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 I just am missing doing something again, you know, something ridiculous. Like when I did... Uh, the other uh, guys a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Dude, I can't tell you how fucking fun it is. It's just, and those, you think, you know, I'm a, I'm a major leaguer, and then you don't do oh. it for a while, and you go back, and you, sh- I showed up on the set, and I went, they're throwing, they're throwing heat constantly all day long. They're throwing, these guys throw fastballs, curves. They're so good, and you think, whoa, I didn't know I was that rusty. So you start to go, I, I got to pick it up here, man. I forgot about this world. Oh, McKay on, guys, on the bullhorn oh, shouting McKay's stuff at you, right? Like, it's crazy. Uh, uh, Steve Carell and I were talking the other day, and we were saying how much fun it is to work with those guys. And he said, and no matter what you come up with, when you think you're really great, you're never as funny as Adam McKay. He's always funnier. Whatever he throws out there is always always funnier. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. This is so, uh, something that's always intrigued me, and not to bring the mood down, but like in the midst of that run, you did Purple Rose of Cairo yes. with Woody. Yeah. And obviously, for those that have seen the finished film, you didn't do Purple <laughs> Rose of Cairo. <laughs> right. right. So wait, it, it was that is that a tough moment? Is that a hugely... You know, what's weird is it was, and I don't think I knew at the time how tough it was because other people were taking it harder than I was because what actually happened was, uh, well, first of all, I just had a baby. And, and so that's when it was. He was shot. My kid was tiny. And I was, I, I dig being a dad. I just like it. And I'm a very active dad. And I was a very, very, I was not really locked in because I had to kind of try to move them here to New York. And I was trying to be, you know, that and responsible and go do a, a movie. And I was doing things back to back to back to back to back. Um, and, uh, so I don't think I was doing a particularly good job. And at one point I remember saying to him, uh, hey, I, you know, we're only in, re- we had only rehearsed and blocked a couple things for camera. And I said, Hey, I'm not sure. Are you okay? And somebody goes, No, no, very good, very good, or something, whatever he said. And I said, uh, Cause, uh, you know, now might be a time, maybe, and I'm okay with it, you know, if you're, no, 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 it's, it's perfectly fine, <laughs> whatever he said, and something like that. And I go, Okay, okay. And then he, I think then he thought about it after a couple days, shoot, he goes, I remember he used, this is interesting, I've never told anyone of this, actually. He used, and I remember thinking when we were talking on the phone and we decided, he, he at that point, was more the decider than I was, but I, I certainly opened that up for him in case. It's your own fault. You brought it up. Yeah, He's yeah, like, oh, yeah. wait a second, the yes, actor's yes. asking. And he was, yeah, and he was probably correct, I would say. Um, but he used, and I remember being, talking to him, and he used the word, oh, God, we were talking about it, and he goes, this feels so icky. And I remember thinking... <laughs> Wait, icky isn't a word that Woody Allen. I was just going to say, I've never, I can't imagine. No. And it stuck in my head. That was, more than anything, that's what I remember that day. I kept, I walked away going, did he say icky? Icky. Your, your performance is, is grody to the max. He suddenly <laughs> turned into a valley girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yes, that's right. It, it didn't. And, and only because he's done some of the great films, you know, yeah. like, like Crimes and Misdemeanors and Manhattan and, you know, just only that. 
I guess the only thing I feel would occasionally, if I, mean, I don't think about it, but would feel badly about it is you say, ooh, you know, of all the, and I've worked with really good directors, that would have been another one like in the, in the canon, you know, in the, you know, you look back and go, yeah, right. we'll work with him. Besides that, you know, in a sense I, you I did check off the box in a weird way, but it's, it's <laughs> in a very interesting way. Um, man, I wish we, uh, we still have some time, but I, there's so much more I want to get to. Let's get through a few other things I have to. So Beetlejuice, um, this is interesting. I mean, again, amazing, obviously stands up. Here's something interesting I was just reading. Do you think this is true that Beetlejuice actually is only on screen for like 17 minutes yeah. in the film? It, that I'm, I'm not sure of how many, but yeah, you're, he's not on there. And if there ever is another one, they would. I, my opinion is, they would make a huge mistake if you increase that by much. I was going to ask, yeah, because obviously you guys are talking about doing another one, hopefully, and Tim says he wants to direct, which is amazing. Um, yeah, so you you don't think it structurally it doesn't make sense for him to necessarily be. He's obviously the lead, but he's not the driver of the story well, in a way. I think we're running the risk anyway of walking over uh, sacred territory. Uh, you know, of, uh, you know, Indian burial, burial grounds, you ride around that stuff. Like when they redid the in-laws, I went, no, man, that's where you... Serpentine? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, serpentine. Oh, great. Serpentine. Yeah. Um, when he, you ride around that, you yeah. know, that's, that's sacred aerial Indian burial grounds. You never ride across that. So it, it, without sounding, because it's Tim's movie, it's not mine. And so part of me goes, mm, that's a choice, so it better be really right. And I don't think you do what you generally do when you do, or with... It's done when people do sequels, which let's do more of whatever. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. You know, I think, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm wide open. Somebody might come up with a concept that is so vastly different that's great. I, I don't really know. Have you, have you, in the last 10, 15 years, practiced to make sure that you still have that guy <laughs> in you? Uh, once I did, yes, I actually did. And I started thinking, hey, you know, how do I know this? You know? <laughs> so you, you're really walking around your home. You're like, let me just make sure yeah. that voice is there. You get caught doing some really ridiculous things in your house. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so when when Tim um, when Tim comes to you with Batman, was your instinct that sounds amazing, or was your instinct that's an odd decision? That's kind of both, because I because on one hand, I I think like I think about all things. I go, oh okay, well let's talk and we'll see. And you know, like every job's like that for me. And right. I just go. And then I either go, ah, I don't think you want me, or this maybe isn't a good idea, or I go, oh, okay, and then we go to the next step. So it was, it was kind of that. However, there, when, uh, when he came to me and I didn't know what he wanted to do, there might have even been him thinking back a second or two or a few minutes of going, oh, yeah, uh, Tim doing it, first of all, and then, me doing it, I don't really know. But knowing that it's Tim, it, I thought well, you got to have that conversation because who knows? And then when he gave it to me, what he wanted to do, he said, "Just read this, and then let's talk after you read it." And 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 I, I can't remember if he had given me the Frank Miller uh, uh, comic books yet, the book, his books right. yet, or not. I can't remember. Right. But but I went and I read it and I said, okay, they're probably not going to, the studio's probably not going to want to do, it's pretty obvious who this guy is. And I said, well, we sat, I remember where we sat and had coffee and I'm saying, okay, well, here's what I think. And I started to talk to him and he, he just looked at me and he kept doing this without saying a word, nodding <laughs> like this. And he had that real long hair. 
Uh, I saw a photo the other day. He looks fucking great, man. He's <laughs> a really, mad man. Like but a mad even professor, better, like, like <laughs> cooler, mature kind of artist, cool vibe. I don't know. It looks cool. Anyway, his hair was going up and down as he was going, nodding his head, yes, yes, yes. And I go, okay, I guess he agrees with me. Doesn't mean anything because they're not going to do what he and I want to do. Because he kept saying exactly. That's what he is. You know, yeah. he's depressed and he's experienced this. And But I didn't want to play. It was too boring to play just depressed and there was really no humor in it and that's what he was open to when i would say hey you know what do you think is this too much is this you know because there was no i don't i don't know that there's any i, mean, I don't see i haven't really seen one from beginning to end but i'm not kind of I, I don't know that there's and there may be charm because there was a, there's an element i mean you know like that whole scene he was wide open to ideas like when she comes to wayne manor in the first one Oh, the and two ends of the table? Yes. <laughs> he was wide open. I said, hey, what do you say? You know, I do this. And he said, let me look. He goes, oh. And he may have seen that shot anyway. I can't remember. But I said, you know what we're going to do is she, if she says to me uh, something about the room, I forget how she said it up. And I go, yeah. And I look around and I go, I don't think I've ever been in here. I said, you know, it's f- kind of funny. But what it also is, is this guy rambles around in this big house right. by himself, you know. It's kind of pathetic, but not but not <laughs> pathetic. It shouldn't be like, this is so serious, pathetic. Right. It's kind of, I don't know, there's something to it because this guy then in the next, you know, in the next couple minutes is going to go out and just totally kick somebody's <laughs> ass. That guy and that guy, that that was kind of interesting to me. And he's so, he's just original and artistic. He's just so great. Here's a random question, and I read this somewhere. Did you guys ever talk about you reprising it for a small or a cameo for when he was going to do Superman? I read that somewhere that when he was going to do Superman, no? I don't remember the conversation. Okay. Oh, you know, did he talk to me? No, I would remember that. I'm curious one other aspect of Batman, Um, the voice, which now we kind of take for granted that Mm -hmm. like all the Batman that have come since have done that. Adam West didn't do that. He just did his Bruce Wayne voice for Batman. Was it a no-brainer for you to, he needs to sound a little different. He needs to kind of scare the shit out of people. Well, that's how it started. In fact, that's how, that's where the Birdman voice came from ultimately because I told Alejandro the story. What happened was I, I can't do anything, even with Adam McKay or those guys, you know. Um, uh, and the other thing I was going to mention, I want to mention doing the movie, doing the other guys was, and then doing Clear History just to <laughs> get back and be around funny yeah. guys like Hater. Hater's unbelievable. I've just said, he's, the ne- he's Will Ferrell. He's the next. Dude, he, people, forget Clear History because he didn't really get to have all the shit he was doing, it just didn't work in the plot. So right. even as funny as he is, on the set, like I had to walk away because I'd lose my concentration. He's just so fucking funny. Um, anyway, so doing that kind of stuff was was really f- fired out of like the, the yeah. cylinders in you. Yeah, I thought, oh man, I forgot how. F- yeah, I, I thought I got to go do this to be around those kind of people. Yeah. Again. So anyway, uh, the Batman voice was like this. I, you want to talk to Adam McKay or 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 uh, um, uh, Larry David or anybody? I mean, you know, you go, look, wait, what are you doing? This is a big comedy. Like, don't I don't literally don't know how to do anything unless I have a logic to it or some kind of. It can be the silliest, stupidest, broadest, but I have to work from somewhere, so I I have to know, so I have to have certain answers or ask certain questions about the character or the person, even though. I mean, Beetlejuice Juice, I didn't really have to. I just, I didn't know what he was, and Tim couldn't quite. So I just went and put something together, and he loved what I put together. So, yeah. so 
when I ask those things, I have to have certain answers. So in Batman, you know, I'm a kind of a logic freak, and I, I can't get past a certain point unless I believe what I'm doing or unless I think. So it was really this simple, you know, we'd be rehearsing a scene on the set, and be, they're building these tremendous sets, and you go into, like, you know, and talk to you know somebody in the middle of, of Gotham, and I look at Tim, I go, I, this is, the guy's going to look at me and go, Hey everybody, it's Bruce Wayne. We figured it out. You know what I mean? I recognize that jaw. Yeah, it's obviously you. You're like four feet from me, you know. And the lights are—it's nice and bright and stuff. So we really started to adjust where you saw me, how you saw me, how I stood. And I said, and I had a whole thing I did that a lot of it got cut, where I kind of transcended into another state. And uh, I had did a thing with uh, uh, contact lenses and everything. Mm-hmm. And I said to him. I, 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 I gotta do something, even if it's the, the simplest thing. So I, I said, I, he needs to like drop down a register or something. So I just came up with his voice, and I used it in the first scene where you know I say I'm Batman, and then then I just said that's it. But that was just me, and yeah. people would say because they altered it, right? I go, no, nobody altered it. I just changed my voice to do it, and then I learned later that became a thing. Yeah. I never it's, knew that. It's the model. It's a template now. Yeah. Um, and so the Birdman thing, so I told Alejandro, he said, oh, my God, I started doing it, telling them the story. And he goes, he calls Emmanuel Lubetsky, Chivo, Chivo, come here, listen to this. Listen to this. Do it, do it, do it. So he made me do it and he started laughing. He said, we have to do that. And then it changed so many times. And, yeah. Uh, so that's all, Birdman's not exactly like that, but the Birdman voice kind of started with that. Amazing, I, and I know we didn't get a chance to talk go deep into Birdman, but uh, but we've talked before about it. We'll probably talk again in some more carpets to come in this season. It's a uh, again just to reiterate, um, it's an amazing piece of work. Man. Yeah, I, you should feel very proud. Thanks, and I, hope, I hope you're enjoying. I know it's work to do this kind of thing too, but um, it's all for a good cause. It's a really it's it's a film that you guys should see. I've seen it a few times myself, and I'll yeah. I know I'll see it a bunch. I love more. this movie. It's really something special. Uh, thanks for coming by today. Hey, this is a real treat. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Michael. All right, dude. Cool. Pop. 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 Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.